The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Westminster Kennel Club, established in 1877, is America's oldest organization dedicated to the sport of dogs. It hosts the iconic all-breed Westminster Kennel Club dog show, the second longest continuously held sporting event in the United States. And since 1948, the longest nationally televised live dog show. We're excited to present our yearly feature about the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show presented by Perina Pro Plan. Dr. Fleck, can you give us a rundown of the iconic dog show? In this special episode, we are speaking with Executive Secretary of the American Kennel Club, Gina DiNardo, about finding the dog of your dreams with veterinarian Dr. Amanda Inman about the new breed, the Bracco Italiano. Italiano, the 200th registered AKC dog breed. Can you believe that? 200 dog breeds. The WKC show chair, David Helming, about what it takes to put on a dog show of this magnitude. And Gail Miller-Beischer, the director of communications and one of the hosts for the show. Gail, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So we need a little bit more insight about you. So tell us about your breed. Well, my current breed is uh, Vishla and an English Cocker Spaniel, which are laying behind me in the dog bed. Um, but I grew up showing bearded collies. And I also owned and, and exhibited uh, miniature dachshunds, smooth and long hairs. So I've gone from herding breeds to hound breeds to now sporting breeds. Before we get any further... Tell us about the dates of the show and review the WKC schedule. Sure. So this year, there are three days of dog show. Uh, it all kicks off on Saturday, May 6th with the Canine Celebration Day. And this is kind of a new thing for the club. We're really excited about it. Part of it is we have more space at the tennis center, so we've been able to spread out a little bit. But we are celebrating the... 10th anniversary of the Masters Agility Championship. So that's a big deal. But on that same day, we also have the Masters Obedience Championship and dock diving at Westminster. And this is the first year for dock diving. So those are three incredible trials right then and there, different types of competition. But then on Saturday, May 6th, we also have the Breed Showcase, which is going to be 20 to 25 breeds, top breeds, breeds you've never seen before, things like that. But it's really where you can meet the dogs, touch the dogs, talk to the breeders and owners and learn about the dogs before uh, bringing one into your home. And then some of the other fun things on Saturday is Dr. Pohl will be on site from Nat Geo Wild's hit TV series, The Incredible Dr. Pohl, and you can meet him and get a selfie with him. And then we also have a demonstration ring. And so those will continue to rotate throughout the day on Saturday. And then, of course, there's the dog show on Monday and Tuesday, uh, May 8th and 9th. We have the actual competition for the show. And really quickly, the breeds that will be judged on Monday are hound, toy, non-sporting and herding. And then on Tuesday, you have sporting, working and terrier. 
also during that those two days, you'll have the junior showmanship preliminaries, which the, the eight finalists will then advance to the finals in the evening. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Well, so you're going to have a pool in the pavilion for the dock diving? There will be a large pool. It'll be in the, uh, and if you've been to the U.S. Open, you kind of know the layout of the of the uh, facility. There's a big open courtyard area, and that is where the dock diving pool would be. You know, the WKC is one of the largest dog shows in the country. So how many dogs are entered into this 147th year show? So we had a show limit this year of 2,500 dogs for the dog show. And in part because we're a New York City event, we generally have to limit it just because of space. You know, there just isn't the space that people have when they have dog shows in other parts of the country. But the other difference is those 2,500 are all champions. And some of the other shows um, have class dogs, they're called, which are dogs working towards their championship titles. To enter Westminster, you have to be a champion. That's the um, first bar of qualification. And then, of course, we invite the top five of each breed to make sure the top dogs get into the show. So it's 2,500, but it's the creme de la creme. Wow. Creme de la creme. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be a big show. I'm just trying to figure out how it's all going to look. So where's the benching area going to be? There's no benching this year, as it's our first year at the USTA National Tennis Center. We're still, you know, making sure we fit into it properly and make sure it's a good experience for exhibitors and spectators. But we also understand you can grow. And so this year is we're going to check it out, see how it feels. And then next year, add it. We want to bring benching back. So bringing benching back is a priority. And so hopefully next year it will be integrated. This year, the public will still be able to see and meet all the dogs, regardless of benching. Uh, It's just they will be in an organized grooming tent. So there'll be two very large grooming tents. And as I said, they'll be... um, organized, not necessarily, not by breed like the benching is, but it will be the type of setup where the public can go through and meet the dogs and talk to the different breeders and owners. You know, if you've just joined us, we're speaking to the host of the show and director of communications of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, Gail miller Beischer. So Gail, what is the, what's the biggest entry and what's the smallest entry? So the largest entry this year is the Golden Retriever entry of 51, and it's actually always in the top three. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, we know it's a popular breed just as pet, as a pet, obviously, but as show dogs, it's also very popular. And that's because they are such wonderful pets. And so coming to see 50 Golden Retrievers that are in perfect condition, beautifully groomed, well-trained, happy to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great, a great uh, ring to be watching the golden retriever ring. And then we've got a couple of breeds that only had um, two entries. I know the Harriers were one of them. And of course that's a lesser known breed. There just aren't a lot of Harriers in the world. So um, some of the breeds have, have a smaller entry, but, but again, the top dogs are invited in each breed. So my guess is those two dogs that are entered are probably um, top winning Harriers in the country. So, where, where are the dogs coming from this year? How many states and what countries? So we have dogs entered from 49 states. So that's awesome. We love having uh, all the as many states as we can represented. And then we have 86 uh, entries across 13 different countries. So Canada obviously always has a big entry at Westminster. Um, the Canadian Dog Show um, 
community is very supportive and loves coming to Westminster. And then we have five from Japan, and we also have four from South Korea and four from Mexico. Gail, top five dogs to look out for. Mm, Yeah, that's a tough one because there's a lot of really nice dogs out there. And as you know, Westminster is known for sometimes the top dog doesn't win. You know, oftentimes it's the new young and, you know, up and comer that takes it. And so um, it's really hard for me to say. I mean, obviously all the top dogs will be there. I'll be excited to see some of the performances by um, the Sealyham Cash. I think that's a a dog that's on the rise and doing very well. Um, There's also the um, Doberman Pinscher that Diego Garcia is showing right now. He's been doing very well in the last uh, several months. So there's going to be, you know how it is, Charlotte. I'm going to be watching all of them. There's <laughs> there's too many. I can't give you a top five. I would say, you know, there's the there's the the dogs that have been out and, and are very seasoned. And then there's going to be the younger ones that are just starting their careers. And those are always fun to watch. Everyone's excited to see the new breed. Just give us a condensed version of the new breed. Sure. The new breed is the Bracco Italiano. And it's even though it kind of looks like a hound, it's joining this. It's a sporting breed and it, it has that those long ears of a hound. It has the, the wrinkles in the face, but it uses those like a hound, but for sporting. So some of the interesting aspects of the Bracco are that their their hunting style is very unique. They have an interesting gait and they use that interesting gait, which is like a long stretched out extension. And they'll use that when they're stalking and and hunting. And then they also, interestingly, I've learned from some of the breeders that the the wrinkles on their head, they keep their head up. So it's not like a bloodhound where you're collecting scent on the close to the ground. But it has a big schnoz. It does have a big schnoz and it and it holds its head up and it uses those folds to to grab scent out of the air. Of course, it's looking for uh, bird. That's what its game is, is upland bird. And so that's what it is seeking out. This is the one thing today w- without any controversy that the whole family <laughs> can watch and enjoy from, from the mom, the dad, the kids, significant others, and they watch it with their pet and they really start experiencing that love that they have for it. So where do they watch it? Well, of course, streaming is a big part of it. So a lot of the preliminary competitions are streamed live. Of course, the agility preliminaries are streaming on WestminsterKennelClub.org. The Obedience Championship will be streamed there. Dock diving is going to be streaming. The Junior Showmanship preliminaries. And of course, all the breed judging. We have 210 breeds and varieties being judged over two days. All of that will be streaming for free, of course, at WestminsterKennelClub.org. And so if you want to tune in and, and watch those 51 Golden Retrievers, you can do that on our website. That was Gail miller Beischer, the Director of Communications and the TV host of the 147th Annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, discussing this year's show. Up next, we'll be talking with show chair David Helming about what it takes to put on a show of this magnitude.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are back with our Westminster Kennel Club special program. This year, this show is celebrating its 147th year. That's just so incredible, 147 years. And like all sporting events, the best part is you never know who the winner is going to be. Well, joining us today is show chairman David Helming. He's here to discuss what it takes to create a great show like the Westminster Kennel Club annual dog show. Well, Dave... I'm so glad you're joining us today. It's very nice to be back, Charlotte, and talk to you and uh, update you on where we're at and what we expect to accomplish this year. So I'm going to start out. I've decided I was going to ask everyone this particular question. I asked Gail yesterday. Obviously, everyone has to know because, you know, the show to everyone thinks such serious position and everything. What's your breed and why did you choose this particular dog breed? Interesting question, Charlotte. Uh, we actually have three breeds. Our base foundation breed was actually Newfoundlands. And we're going back nearly 60 years before we got our first one. But it was a long story. We, uh, I was raised on a farm part of my life. And we used to have black hangus cattle. So we're used to having big animals around. Uh, my wife, Peggy, uh, her cousin had a St. Bernard. And we both like St. Bernard's. So we decided when we got married to get a big dog. So we are all set to go and we made a trip to a St. Bernard kennel. And on the way, we went by a house and just saw these big black dogs out in the yard and had no idea what they were. We stopped, found out what they were, liked them a lot. Uh, we went on to see the St. Bernards, but then circled back on Newfoundlands. And that was really the start of it. Uh, it's They're known as the gentle giants. Uh, their size, their temperament, and just great dogs for families and for, for all reasons. Uh, and we've been blessed to have some beautiful dogs through the years and bred some beautiful dogs and showed some ones and with a, a lot of got accomplishments, which just expanding the, what Newfoundland is to the, the public and people and helping the breed along has been a real, real blessing for us. Uh, about 20, 25 years ago, we got involved with Portuguese water dogs, uh, Peggy's the main driver in that, working with Mylon Lint on the porties. And again, we've had some good success and bred some great dogs. And we continue to have a, one porty on the property and a, off and on more. And finally, as we aged on, we wanted to downsize. So we've branched off the Norwich Terriers about 15 years ago. And we have six in a house right now, along with six more Newfoundlands and another porty. So it's large medium and small size and we're still working at downsize but we're getting there other big question for you dave um 
change in venue from Madison Square Garden to the historic mansion uh, with its beautiful grounds in Terrytown, and now the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park, Queens, in New York City. What was the motivation behind choosing this uh, venue? And are we going to ever go back to Madison Square Garden? The, the club being based in New York City, you know, we really wanted to get the show back to New York City. And by going to out to the Tennis Center, which is Queens, which is part of New York City, we accomplished that. Uh, the, the center provides a very large space for other events. And we've really expanded our activities on Saturday uh, quite a bit. Uh, the, the place is accessible by mass transit, the seven train subway, and then the Long Island Railroad stops right there. And as you know, the tennis center itself during the U.S. Open draws lots and lots of folks. It's a beautiful, spacious facility and enables us now to create more history there. The tennis itself is obviously a major the U.S. Open, a historic history event there. And now we can dovetail into it. This is a sports venue. So it just reaffirms that the dog show is a great way to demonstrate to dog lovers that they are coming to a sporting event. So congratulations on that move. I'm, I'm glad you picked such a popular and, and, and actually gorgeous venue. Well, if you've just joined us, I am talking with show chair David Helming about the 147th um, annual Westminster Kennel Club dog show. Um, other than the venue, how is the show going to be different this year? Well, groups and best in show beyond the center of the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which hosts the uh, U.S. Open and the finals and everything. So that's certainly a little bit different. But the venue itself, we've expanded out uh, for Saturday. As I mentioned before, we have a, a, quite a few activities going on. We're going to have our Masters Agility trial on Saturday. We're also having the Masters Obedience Championship on Saturday also. Uh, confirmation will be again on Monday and Tuesday. On Saturday, we've packaging with agility and obedience as our base for a canine celebration day. And that's also going to include a first. We're going to have dock diving there. And actually on Charlotte on Saturday, we'll have over 500 exhibitors between agility, which has 350 and obedience. We maxed out at 25 and dock diving maxed out at uh, 150. But in tandem with those three competition events on Saturday, we're also going to be having a demonstration ring. We're going to have freestyle obedience demonstrations. We're going to have uh, scent dog and herding uh, demonstrations. We're going to do a one-on-one out there. Uh, the New York NYPD is going to come in and do a, a demonstration of their dogs and how they use them in their activities for spectators. And also we're going to have a, a breed showcase of 25 breeds out there. So it's all geared towards education for the spectators coming and also having our sporting events with it. So it's going to be a busy day. Let's see. What else can we talk about? I don't know, Dave. What else is going to be hot this year? What's Oh, I know. You had a change of best in show judge, correct? Yes, we did. Uh, best Swigert's going to do it this year. Garrett could not. Uh, and we're we're very happy that Beth stepped in and is going to do it for us. So that just happened in the last couple of weeks. So we're all set to do that. Uh, the facility is, is is really beautiful out there. We're working very closely with Fox Sports, very talented group, put on a great production. 
and also do a lot of the deco work, obviously, for us, ready rings in the main floor. And they were very, so instrumental. We were up at Lynnhurst uh, decorating the big top where we had the nighttime activities. So it's great. We're excited this year also to have the, the breed showcase. It's a limited amount of, we're going to have 25 dogs there, some more popular, some not as well known. Again, an education thing where the representatives of these clubs can come in and talk about their breeds. It's kind of a bench activity, but it's not benched in the true sense of the word because in benching, the dogs come, they're benched, and they educate people, plus they go in the ring and compete. In the breeder, breed showcase, uh, they'll be here on an education standpoint, and we'll probably get some of those dogs to go in and help us out with one-on-one, -on -one, the demonstration, that type of activity. So that's new, but we're really excited over Saturday uh, as a new feature and so many different aspects. And in, uh, in Monday and Tuesday, the confirmation, we did max out. We exceeded our max again. We had 2,500 champions entered. We had several hundred more that couldn't get in, which is always unfortunate. But all the way around, we maxed out in confirmation, agility, obedience, and dock diving. So it's a lot going on out there this year. Well, everyone, it's always a pleasure to have Dave here. I want to thank you so much for coming. Uh, Dave Hellman, show chair of the 147th Westminster Annual Kennel Club Dog Show. Website one more time. It's westminsterkennelclub.org. Lots of information on her about the show. We'll have our judging program up on there soon. That gives the full schedule, Charlotte, of activities, what breeds, what ring, what time. So folks can really, and again, they can watch the actual breed comp, all breed competition, live streaming off our website also. So you can see all of it. And then again, FS2 will do clips of the, the highlights of the breed judging. So a lot going on, a lot going on. We're excited. Just to remind you, that was David Helming, the show chair of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, discussing the WKC 147. We're going to take a commercial break and be back with veterinarian Dr. Amanda Inman discussing the new breed, the Bracco Italiano. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm pet Charlotte Reed. You are listening to the Pet Buzz special programming for the 147th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show presented by Purina Pro Plan. This year, the Westminster Kennel Club welcomes one new breed to the purple carpet, the Bracco Italiano, which will be shown at the 147th Dog Show. Let's learn more about this handsome new breed. So joining us today is veterinarian Dr. Amanda Inman. She is the president of the Bracco Italiano Club of America. She is currently a clinical lecturer with the Emergency and Critical Care Service at UF College of Veterinary Medicine. Hello, Dr. Inman. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I always am happy to uh, share my love of this breed. Um, they are very, very near and dear to my heart. So are you excited to have the Bronco shown at the 147th Westminster Kennel Club dog show sponsored by Perina? 
it's really, really excited. And I will say like, I'm so proud of the dogs that will be exhibited there. Um, we've got some amazing dogs uh, that will be shown at Westminster, especially the dogs that are also hunting dogs in their off time when they're not show dogs. Um, but I will say there is a, a little bit of trepidation with those of us within the breed because this is a huge amount of publicity for the breed. And we just want to make sure that anyone that's learning about it understands what is best for the breed and what the breed needs um, because they are beautiful dogs. They're very striking, um, but we want to make sure they're ending up in homes that are best for them. And that's why I really wanted to do this interview because, you know, we look at the French Bulldog, for example, the number one AKC dog right now, registered dog right now, that has knocked the Labrador after 31 years of reigning supreme. Talk about the origins of the breed. Um, seems like it's been around for a really long time, correct? Absolutely. And the Bracco Italiano is one of the oldest or possibly the oldest continent, continental pointing breed. Um, their origins date back to the Roman times or potentially even earlier in Northern Italy. And then by the time of the they were a well-established breed used by the nobles and aristocracy in Italy um, as bird hunting dogs. And then they were also very versatile in the field and were used somewhat for other game, um, but they were known as the brachy of the quail or the brachy of the net, because in the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, uh, the hunters would actually see the dogs pointing, walk up behind them and throw a net over the covey of birds. Um, but they've been well-established in Italy for well over a thousand years. Um, and then their popularity peaked during the Renaissance, but they did experience a little bit of decline um, in the late 1800s when the English pointer and the English setter were introduced to Italy. But now we're seeing a, a resurgence of the breed and um, rebuilding of the breed over the last, say, 75 to 100 years, um, because it is really a big part of Italian culture and Italian heritage. Um, it is a true Italian breed with a, a really ancient history in that country. So it's interesting. So are we thinking as early as the fourth or fifth century for this dog? It's definitely a medieval dog, correct? Correct. And potentially even earlier. Um, okay. We think that probably the predecessors of this breed existed even in the BC era. Um, but our earliest like paintings and descriptions where they call the Bracco by name is really uh, around the medieval times and in that fourth to fifth century time. Um, I'm just curious, how did the dog fare during the war, World War II specifically? Um, World they did okay. Um, as with all breeds at that time, um, it was a very tumultuous time for leadership in these countries. We saw a dip in popularity and crossbreeding with many breeds and the Bracco was uh, no real exception there, um, but they didn't suffer as much with World War II as they did at the end of the 1800s um, when again, they were crossed heavily with English pointers. The pure Bracco was hard to find um, and also a lot less popular in Italy because at that time you had a faster working dog. Um, and so those galloping dogs, so the English pointer setters um, were a lot more popular at that time. So the old school Bracco was less popular, but um, since has been reinvigorated and, and saved in its home country. Okay. So we know it's a sporting dog based on what you're telling us. <laughs> um, obviously a very sporty muscular physique, correct? It is, although it, it's a little bit different from what we think of the other sporting breeds because they have a bit more skin, they're a bit heavier boned, mm -hmm. um, so they aren't quite as traditionally elegant as the other sporting breeds, but they have a really unique beauty in their own way. And talk about the coloring for it. I'm going to make sure I post a picture for <laughs> you all who are listening, but I just think it's 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 nice to have a veterinarian describe the breed. 
<laughs> so they come in three primary color combinations and their coat is very short and smooth. The first, which is pretty rare nowadays, but they can be solid white. Um, but more commonly, we see dogs that are either white with orange spots or white with a warm shade of brown um, spots. And so they can have various patches and ticking and flecking and roan of the coat, um, similar to a lot of the other pointing breeds. But the two primary colors that we see are either the orange or the warm brown color um, on a white background. I think they're a beautiful dog. I looked at some of the photographs and just gorgeous. It does have a big head and a big schnoz. So I would think with that big schnoz, it stays a little cooler in the summer months because that air comes in and has a chance to cool mm -hmm. down, right? Yep, they do pretty well. I mean, as a veterinarian in Florida, I feel like I have to put a plug in. Um, heat stroke is always a concern regardless of breed of dog, but they do tend to do pretty well um, even in our warmer climates. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we are talking with Dr. Amanda Inman. She's the president of the Bracco Italiano Club. It's such a pleasure to have her here. So if someone sees this particular dog at a show and just falls in love with it, talk to us about its needs, especially its physical needs, because I think that's really key when taking care of this kind of dog. Absolutely. And I think if I had one thing to tell potential owners or people that are interested in this breed, it would be first and foremost, this is a hunting dog. They're a sporting dog. They are meant to be out in the field. That is where they thrive. Um, these are not apartment dogs. Um, they, I would say, have a, a calmer demeanor than some of our other breeds and they're really nice around the house. They are calm, but in order to thrive, they need an opportunity to a significant amount of daily exercise and I think most of us with the breed would agree that usually ends up looking like a, a home with a pretty large yard so that they can have room to run. Um, and then in an ideal situation, be exposed to birds, be able to get out in the field and do what they were bred to do. Um, they're big dogs, they shed, they drool. Um, they are worth it in every way, um, but it's certainly not a good dog for a first time dog owner. It's not a dog that you can keep in an apartment and expect to keep your baby. I have to give that answer an A plus. <laughs> All of the <laughs> prerequisites to owning a dog, you know, it, it was right there in Dr. Inman's answer. And I think that is, I'm so happy she's so honest um, because I mean, obviously being president of this club and spending a lot of time with these dogs and just going through what um, the club has gone through to bring this dog to get it AKC approved. Because how long did it take you to get it AKC approved? Oh, quite, quite a while. Um, our National Breed Club was formed in 2007, but the breed had actually joined the AKC Foundation Stock Service, which is kind of the first step towards AKC recognition back in 2001. Um, and then we did not join the miscellaneous group with AKC until 2019. Um, so there was a, a very long uh, break there. Um, but honestly, I think it was a good thing for the breed. While it was certainly frustrating for the folks that wanted to show an AKC, it allowed us to build up a strong national breed club to make sure that we had all of our T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, but then we came into full AKC recognition last year. What else can you tell us about the breed? What, are they are they great family dogs? Do they like kids? Do they like bustling households? Or would they prefer a calm household? 
They are absolutely Velcro dogs. Um, I'm actually surprised that I'm able to sit here and do this interview without uh, my Bracco trying to climb on my lap. Usually you can see his nose going in and out of the, the Zoom screen, um, but they are very attached to their people. And I think it comes back to the fact that these are dogs that were bred to be close working hunting dogs. They have to work with their people. Um, they bond very closely with their families. Um, as a whole, they do really well with families, with children, with other pets. Um, they are great house dogs. Um, but again, I always have to add the caveat there that these are working dogs at heart. Um, and so as long as their needs are met, they're wonderful to have in the home. Um, I always say that the Bracco is a comedian. Um, they have a sense of humor, I think more than other breeds that I've been exposed to and met over the years. They they try to find their own way of doing things. Um, one Italian with the breed said once, you don't command a Bracco, you talk. Like you have to convince them that your way ah. is the right way. Otherwise they will try to do it their own way. <laughs> wow. So definitely not for a first time dog owner. Well, before you go, Dr. Edmund, can you give us the Breed Club website so we can learn more about the breed? This way you guys can check it out, look at some pictures. And then when it's in the show ring, you'll definitely be able to see it. Yep. The Breed Club website is www.thebroccoclub.org. Well, just to remind you, that was veterinarian Dr. Amanda Inman, the president of the Bracco Italiano Club of America. Check out the breed at the 147th annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Stay tuned. Up next, finding the dog of your dreams. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Once again, we're excited to present our WK147 dog show feature. With the annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show upon us, potential dog owners might take advantage of the second oldest sporting event in the United States to find the dog of their dreams. But you don't need to go or to watch the 147th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. You can go to any AKC or American Kennel Club Dog Show and find the dog of your desires. Joining us today to give us some advice about selecting the right purebred dog for you is Gina DiNardo, the Executive Secretary of the American Kennel Club. Welcome back, Gina. We have missed you. You are truly one of our favorite guests. I know I say that all the time, but you really, we always cover so much ground when you're on the show. Love to be on your show. Well, Gina, before we get started, um, tell us your breeds and why you chose these particular breeds. Well, so I grew up, my parents bred Great Danes and Doberman Pinschers, and then we were allowed to have whatever breed we really wanted when we showed in juniors. We had Bichons, Boxers, Whippets, Beagles, Dachshunds, you name it. We had so many breeds. And when I, as an, as an adult, I started out with Dobermans. And then my Dobermans, a few of them weren't having great, they had bad health, right? They died prematurely. And it was very upsetting to me. So I was a single mom living alone. I had to put my Doberman down and I was like, I need a protective breed, but I'm not ready to try another Doberman. And so I got a Rhodesian Ridgeback. 
Huh. Uh, big, strong, smart, you know, athletic, and filled all those needs. So that was my, that's one of my dogs. She's seven years old. And then I kind of made a pivot. Well, I adopted my, currently he's 17 years old, my old, old toy Manchester from a coworker uh, who she had bred him. He was living with a family and they had to give him back to her because there was a divorce. And she, you know, I wanted to get a little dog for my son. So that's how I got my first toy Manchester, who is now, he's 17. And then I started kind of interacting as I was, you know, my career at AKC with different breeders and listening to them with the difficulties and finding good pet homes for rare breeds and, but, you know, trying to breed enough to keep the gene pool alive. And so I was like, well, I'm going to start when I get one another dog, I'm going to get a rare breed that's appealing to me, uh, be supportive of these breeders. So I got an English toy Spaniel. I got another toy Manchester and I have a Glen of a Mall Terrier. And I picked them all for various reasons, but mostly because something about their history or their character, of course, how they look appeals to me. And I love living with different breeds because you really learn, you know, you see in action qualities that they were bred for. And it's, it's really, I think it's educated me as a dog owner. Yes. And, you know. I know that every time I get in bed with four English toy spaniels. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, when thinking about the dog of your dreams, what's the mm-hmm. first thing to think about when pondering getting a dog? Uh, I, I think the most important thing is time, your uh-huh. time commitment, your ability, how much time are you going to be around the dog? And if you're not going to be around enough, how are you going to provide that dog with mental and physical stimulus? I like to think of that as the honesty factor. I mean, you have to be honest about your lifestyle, your finances. Can you afford the breed of your choice? I mean, all these people don't, they don't want poodles, but they want doodles and they still need a lot of grooming. Oh, they so do. And then there, or you get something that's supposed to be a doodle and it's not a doodle and then you know, God bless you. So why do you think it's important for a potential dog owner to visit a dog show to find a purebred dog? I mean, what, what are the benefits there? A, you have, you are privy to all of these rare breeds that you don't see anywhere else that you might not even think or know about. And then you see it and it's appealing and it's wonderful. And then of course the, the breed experts are there. Those are the people showing the dogs and, you know, bringing them to the dog shows and what better way to learn about a breed and ask some really poignant questions about what it's like to own these breeds and talk to the people who own them and breed them and spend, you know, commit their lives to them. So it's a great, like free advice, you know, so much information to be gained by walking around the dog show and you know, walk people love to talk about their dogs and their breeds and educate people about why they're so passionate about the breed of their choice. And uh, again, it's like free education. It's just such an opportunity. You learn how to groom them. You can talk to people about how to train them. It's just, there's a wealth of knowledge there for you to pick away at. All right there, gratis. Exactly. You've just joined us. We're speaking with the AKC Executive Secretary, Gina DiNardo, about finding the purebred dog of your dreams, whether at the uh, Westminster Kennel Club annual dog show or any other AKC licensed dog show. Uh, And there's so many all over the country every single weekend. Over 5,000 a year. So that's what I was, that was my next question. How (laughs) do I find a dog show in my specific area? Where do I look? 
So the AKC's website, which is akc.org, has a fabulous uh, calendar listing. And you can do it by date, by state, by event type, because AKC is not just confirmation events. We're 26 sports. So if you want to go to a field trial or an agility event or an obedience event, you can search by those types of events. And you get a whole calendar listing of things. Uh, and sometimes if you register with AKC, uh, you will get e-blasts from our club development department that lets you know about upcoming events in your area uh, in case you want to go. So uh, there's a lot, it, there's a many resources. There's also the superintendents, which are the people who are paid to help put on the dog shows by the clubs. Like InfoDog has a website where you can find some listings for information, but it's all right there to be found on AKC's website. So, you know, we're all busy these days, um, and especially when we go to a dog show, um, what's the best way to approach an exhibitor at a dog show to learn about their breed? Right. So I'll start by what the worst way to do it is right when they're about to go in the ring. Right. <laughs> right? So uh, people are happy to talk to you when they're not in the competition. So uh, oftentimes I would suggest wander under the grooming tent which is usually a, you know either the back side of where the rings are set up or if it's indoors there's a grooming area and walk around and oftentimes they have plenty of time to sh talk to you while they're grooming and you can ask questions then i think that's the best place because you, you, the dogs are right there they're usually on the tables they're getting groomed you can ask about that you can talk about the characteristics uh or, you know, you go ringside and there are people are standing around waiting for their classes and you're just like, oh, I love this breed. I'd love to learn more about it. When you're done, would you have a moment to talk to me about what it's like to own this breed? And people are, in my experience, so willing to do that because they want to offer advice. Um, if they, they don't want you to choose their breed for the wrong reasons is really what it is, right? So they want to help you. And uh just as long as they're done competing, you know, they're about yeah. to go. It's the only time I'd say no. Sure. So once we talk to a breeder, what's next? We decide that's the breed for us. Should we get a book? Should we make phone calls? What should we do? Well, I always say information, knowledge is power. So as much as you can gather, there's great books. AKC.org has great resources. Uh, you should learn about some basic training before you get the dog. You should find out where there's classes available because all puppies need some good socialization and training. And then you, of course, it's pick which breeder you want to work with. And there are certain you need to vet out the breeders because some are better than others and some are going to mesh with you better, right? This breeder is going to be a resource for you for the rest of your life. As things happen, you can call and say that I don't know what this is or physical things to behavioral issues to issues with the coat or you know anything that's really important because a good breeder is a member of your family and a good breeder will stick with you they don't just sell you the dog and that's it that's right they don't um, drop it off in a parking lot and then you don't can't find them and hear from exactly. them right i mean my english toy spaniel breeder is part of my family Mother's Day, we sent her cards from the dogs. So she's, I talk to her a few times a year. I try to go visit her once a year. I fly out to Pittsburgh for the day to Aww. visit her because I yeah. love her so much and she's so yep. helpful. Um, and she's been really good to me. I mean, I remember that 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 one dog, it was, I, I'm getting ready to leave and she goes, Oh, I forgot. Go pick another puppy. It's two for the price of one day. <laughs> 
you don't have to have a best friend, but the no. point is you want to have someone that's going to be there for support. And I think that's right. important. That's okay. Gita, I'm not going to keep you because you are a very busy lady. <laughs> but before you go, give us a website where our listeners can learn more about you and more about the AKC. So the American Kennel Club's website, which is akc.org. It's a just great resource for training, education, breed knowledge. Everything. You know, everything. everything. We try to be everything for all dog owners. Just to remind you, that was Gina Donato, the executive secretary of the American Kennel Club. You can learn more about Gina and the American Kennel Club at akc.org. Well, the bells are signifying it's a wrap. Already? Yep. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking with Anna Ginsky of MexiVet Express about taking dogs to Mexico for less expensive veterinary care and Jill Stewart of China Rescue Dogs about saving dogs from the Chinese meat market. And Dr. Fleck, would you be so kind as to thank our guests? Yes. Special thanks to our guest, Gail Miller-Beischer. David Helming, veterinarian Dr. Amanda Inman, and Gina DiNardo. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write to us at team at the petbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.